in the pilot, let's let's dream big, but we'll start small. That's what she but, said. No. You guys, you guys don't see me. I'm a black man in America, right? He alluded to somebody going to the bathroom too often. <laughs> well, the why I'm here, I'm really not sure half the time, but we're gonna go for this. Last year, you were notoriously preoccupied with your guns. You can have something fast, you can have something cheaper, you can have something good, but you can only have two of those things. Since I already insulted you twice now because I've gotten your profession wrong, I probably oh should know that about to my a rosy star. Good right. job, Dimitri. Good job. Oh my god. And to me, it's just infuriating. You have a position of power to put forth good in, in us, right? Black people. Why are you just trashing it? People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes, <laughs> you are brown and adorable. And adorable. Yes. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It's called sarcasm. Steph is our youngest member by age. I thought so. Suzanne is our youngest member by mental capacity or... Thanks, Dimitri. Wow. Oh, would I say something like that? I'm always going to be in the purple circle. I'm always going to be front and center. I don't care what the cost is. You never join a cult. You never know they're in one. I always say you never know you are in one. You only know you were. Steph getting pulled over for being young and black and having his hat real low and getting pulled over for doing 55 and a 54. In the break, Suzanne said that I wouldn't do well in jail. Because she wouldn't. So in Florida, any person who is over the age of 18 years old can be adopted by another adult. Aren't you, Dimitri, aren't you from the 60s? Most people can, can look over Dimitri to be fair. People can read over your head. I think I'm smaller than you. You sure? It's become a referendum on my height. <laughs> oh, are you, are you on my space? You're a college athlete. I'm a college athlete. You know that makes us a couple of college athletes cutting it up. That was very subtle, Dimitri. That was very subtle. That was very, very subtle. You would not get NIL. You would get NIL money. I'm getting raked by a nine-year-old. Those last two minutes were above my pay grade. He got away with <laughs> a lot of crap. Let's flush this entire. Speaking of which, speaking of which, Suzanne, you need to go get my coffee. You're a newcomer to this. Dimitri. <laughs> See ya. Have a good day. <laughs> this podcast is for general informational purposes only and represents the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graff, Dr. Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services and should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Please don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe, but more importantly leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Reviews not only help us grow listeners, but also help us grow as a show, improve our content, and make us better. Happy anniversary! Happy anniversary. <laughs> we still need Susan because I'm making my own coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah. and I know, right? First- like where, where is she? <laughs> she needs to make our coffee. What's going on here? <laughs> now, the joke, joke aside, uh, Susan has been really good. Um, she's been great on the show, and I think I think our you know um, listeners also appreciated it. I think we grew since we've added a, a women a woman voice in a, in a show. So 
100%. This is actually a real anniversary because it's just you and me. Today, Suzanne is, uh, Suzanne is reporting live from the Pro Bowl. But since we are generally an incompetent show, we don't actually have her reporting live from the Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> She's we dealing her, with. We sent her. No, we sent her as a reporter. But she ended up we sent her. That's right. We sent her as a roving reporter to the Pro Bowl. And of course, we didn't actually send her with any equipment or any ability to actually report. And she has uh, obligations and now has an emergency and she can't actually be here. So this is an actual uh, anniversary of just you and me. This is how it started. Uh, how, many, how many of those clips do you actually remember? I didn't know we had that many. You know, I, I'm, I'm like, as I'm listening to it, I can actually piece out the, the episodes. And it, it feels like it was 100, you know, of them. Which is right. good. It's a good thing. I mean, I guess we've been prolific. Um, but yeah, it, it brings back memory, you know, all these little uh, snap back or, or inside jokes. And, and the the guests were really, really good. Uh, almost all of them were really good. They had very good points and, and they got loose with us. They were very um, into yeah. it. And they got they were basically part of the show for the time they were invited. You know, they got the drift and, and the, the light heartedness of, of the show that we always want to do show forward so I, yeah it was great I, the as i was putting that together i had trouble picking the clips and keeping it down to the two and a half minutes that it was because there were so many and i didn't i didn't even get all the guests uh and all the all the clips from the guests that i wanted to put in there and it's been fun. listeners it's been, fun. It, it's been really it's been good fun. and the addition of suzanne was a fantastic addition two blowhards dudes talking to each other I know, <laughs> it just right? wasn't enough <laughs> we, we, should have, we should have also made, made, maybe maybe it would be too long but made, made a credit um for all the you know all the free content that we've gotten from so many people like Jim moran or oh, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as john moran has contributed to our show i, I had to I put, put in your around. rant in there <laughs> i had to put <laughs> Antonio Brown gave us a lot of content, you know. Uh, of course, you know you got I mean Rogers giving us content on a weekly basis now. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Some people did support us on on you know unwillingly, but I'd say or even unknowingly supported us. Antonio Brown, yeah, Brown. yeah. Chad I think generally what has what has been part of the show, you know. Would you be willing to be paid to? be hired as a guy who gets to file a divorce and then gets blamed for filing the divorce and then gets fired for filing the divorce, all knowing that you're going to do all of this and get blamed for all of this, but knowing that it's all orchestrated. Is that kind of the thing like, I know you know that I know that you know that I know that you know. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, wow. I mean, the money I might have been substantial. Yeah. I'll do it how much you. would it cost? How much would you, would you want to take for that? If any, because, because that also would take my career. Who's going to hire me after that? Right. Let's say, let's say I'm a, I'm a, I'm a publicist or let's say I'm a lawyer or I'm an yeah. assistant. Yeah. I mean, that's my last job. <laughs> that's right. How, how so, much would you charge? Would you be willing to do it? And how much would it take for you to be willing to do something? Like I'd that? probably be willing to do it just for the, of part of it for the fame, but I'm gonna get a lot of money. Really I'm bad fame. 
No, no, because once your name is out there, you know, somebody said one day, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So I'll take a few millions and my name will be out there. And one day I write, one day I will write a book. <laughs> well, well, you're going to make this Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill didn't name the person he fired for this. And we're bringing this up because Tyree Kill. <laughs> so the story is that um, Tyree Kill. Kill he prepared the documents to file for divorce, but he didn't file them. They were prepared. And unbeknownst to him, his employee filed those documents without his knowledge. And then he went and he stated, I didn't know they were filed. And then he realized that someone went behind his back and filed them. And then he publicly went out and said, I didn't file them. And then fired the, quote, Dumbass. bleeping bonehead, bonehead that did it. But it it turned out that they were actually like prepared. So what if this was all just? And this is this is a uh, all speculation, of course. You know, what if this was orchestrated? You know, I'm going to hire you to do this behind my back. I'm going to deny that I knew anything about it, and then I'm going to blame you for doing this, even though I want to actually do this. Um, that reminds me of the guy, um, Justin, Justice Moulier, the guy that lied about being jumped, you know, in Chicago, the, the actor. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Smollett, yeah. Smollett, yeah. He paid people yeah. to beat him up and then whatever. But um, <laughs> I mean, these things never stay secret, right? So that's, that's what I want to say. These things never, never stay secret. So I don't know. I, I think maybe that, that person, that person thought maybe they're really, they were a real bonehead. Maybe they thought that was going to happen. I, it would take a lot of money for me to accept something like this. It would it would need to be enough for me to never have another job again. Yeah, I I don't know if Tyreek Hill has that kind of money. Well, he's got a lot of kids, so that money is being split already. <laughs> <laughs> do we need I'll to take... play the Goldwater rule? Uh, do we, should we? That's not, should we play I, that? That's that's not meant to have to lay that. If I say he has a lot of kids, it's a fact. I'm stating it. I'm stating about... that he has a lot of kids. It's like Nick Cannon, okay. have, Nick Cannon have 12 kids. It's not, it's not a mental health diagnosis. He's got 12 That's kids. That's true. 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 Okay. Well, that I'll declared, I think. I, I feel dirty just talking about this story, but I think it's just, it's just it's so funny that... It's, it's public knowledge. It's, it's, it's just, it's so sleazy that he prepared the documents for what? To file for, right? At some point? Yeah. Behind his wife's back. And then the guy's like, oh, I guess he prepared him to file it, right? And then he, the guy filed it, and he's like, I didn't want you to do it because I didn't want her to know. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, yeah. what are you talking about? We're perfectly happily, devo uh, happily married. <laughs> yeah. And then comes out, and it's like, well, it was actually prepared. Um, you know, yeah. imagine imagine coming home and be like, no, nah, babe, we're, we're perfectly happily married. It, it was It was – my it secretary. No, I'm blaming April's fool. That was April's fool for you. April fool day. <laughs> it was, it was, that was, it was my, my that secretary. Was my April's fool. Yeah. No, no, it was my secretary. So what's no, going to happen no. now? Is, 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 is he going to be forced to stay one year and, or two years with her? Right, right. But postpone his voice? Oh, no, no, no. But it's, it's a great thing. It's like, it's like, it's like, you come home and, and she's like, I can't believe you filed for divorce. It's like, no, no, babe. It was it was my secretary that did it, or my my assistant that did it. No, 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 no. I I totes love you. It was it was my secretary. 
but but now that it was done, you know, like you know, I mean, you can't really take it back, you know, like (gasps) you can't really take it back. Like it's just it's in the system. I I guess we should just go through with it. Well, (laughs) what an excuse. Or maybe, or maybe it, it made them stronger together. Maybe that's one, you know, what doesn't kill us, make us stronger kind of thing. That's a fantastic cliche. Silver lining. That's what we do. America has the greatest health care in the world. <laughs> Deductibles, drug tears, PAs, and copay. But you can get an MRI today for the low price of just 2K. America, yay! This is from Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and relates to firearm suicide rates. The stat, more people died of suicide in the United States last year than any other year on record dating to at least 1941. More than 49,449 lives were lost due to intentional self-harm in 2022. More than 14 deaths for every 100,000 people. Provisional data from 2022 shows signs of improvement in rates among children and teens. The suicide rate for children ages 10 to 14 dropped 18% in 2022 to about two deaths for every 100,000 children and the rates among those ages 15 to 24 fell 9% to about 14 deaths for every 100,000 people. The rates of suicide involving guns in the United States has reached the highest level since officials began tracking it more than 50 years ago. Notably, about 27,000 of 50,000 suicides were carried out by gun in 2022. That's, that's frightening. Steph, why are we doing this podcast? Well, I think we, like, what we've seen in our statement is that we want to uh, mitigate or reduce as much stigma as possible. We might be a little drop in the pond, but nonetheless, we won't drop more in the pond. So we try, we're trying to educate people and to, to make sure that mental health is less stigmatized and people can talk about it truly and people can access to knowledge and education and, and you know, seek out help. Yeah, yeah. Um, education and stigma uh, is was the original goal here, right? And I think that, well, I don't think that. I think it's a, a fact that people learn uh, when they're entertained. And if you don't yeah. believe me, then go watch a Netflix documentary because they're all like flashy lights. And, yeah. And, dramatic music and that's what people love and youtube is the same if you want to go watch a horror documentary or space documentary i i love pbs space time and it's really just a guy standing in front of a green screen talking about space and physics but on the side of him is graphics and nobody watches the guy standing there they watch the graphics and i think that's some of the things that we lack and what we do is it's just two dudes and a lady kind of staring at each other and yapping without any graphics. And I think if we had graphics and we had flashy kind of stuff, we would do a lot better as far as listeners and viewers. And I think we should do that. But 
we all have full-time jobs and we don't have enough budget to hire someone to do all that flashy stuff. But we have our personalities. Yeah, <laughs> and we have dogs. We have dogs. 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 But yes, our purpose here is to educate and destigmatize mental health. That was the original that was the original goal of this podcast. And I think we should continue that. And uh, we're we're trying to do that. Uh, our goal of the first segment is to be funny, you know, for succeeding with that. Uh, I, the feedback I'm getting is that we are, but sometimes people are nice and some get our humor and some don't. And yeah. the second segments on mental health try to be more serious. But, you know, again, if you just yap at people with statistics and percentages, they're, they're going to turn it off. Nobody yeah, cares about we, that stuff. And we also, we also try to get people, um, you know, interest as well. We talk sports a lot. Because we realize that sports is something that most people would, would be interested in. You know, for example, National Football League is number one sports in America. So yep. we find ourselves talking a lot about sports, you know, you know, as a bait, but also in sports, we can discuss human behavior. That's what we do, right? We then there might be an exit somewhere that we can we can slide in some mental health content into sports world. So we'll try. Right. And so what we wanted to do in our one year anniversary is discuss stigma over the last 20 years or so and see whether or not it's, it's not whether we're succeeding. We're, we're a small. And when I say small, I mean, small indie podcast without a budget and without flashy graphics, but just to see and give you an idea of why we're doing this because stigma and mental health issues are a big deal. And I want to point out, and I don't want to toot our own horn too much here because people get bored of that stuff pretty quickly. We're when you look at mental health podcasts, and I've done this research, is we're the only mental health podcast with two psychiatrists in it. Um, yeah, the uh, a, a a regular podcast. There are there are podcasts that have psychiatrists, but they are usually guests or they're. Um, a brief episodic one where it's a series, you get like five or six in a row. Uh, most of the mental health podcasts or mental health sp- or sports mental health podcasts, well, let me preface it by we are a sports mental health podcast primarily, but we also use current events. We're, you know, an events podcast. Those kinds of podcasts are usually done by psychologists. Yeah. We're, we're probably the only one I, I say probably because I, not a hundred percent sure. No one could ever be a hundred percent sure. But in the research I've done, we're the only ones that have two psychiatrists in it. We do have a psychologist, you know, and and I wanted to have a psychologist for a different perspective. Yeah. And I think we should. But I think we're the only one that has two psychiatrists. That's a right. continual weekly podcast. The other ones are episodic. Now, but that being uh, said, this, that that being said, we also try. Sorry to cut you off, but we also try not to be too scientifically our jargon is more lemon right we use lemon term and we don't try to we don't we, we're not catering to a scientific you know um uh, audience we're not talking to psychiatrists we're talking to people in general people at large correct correct and and i think that's important because a lot of the other ones are very serious they take their podcasts very seriously they're very uh they're not so much scientifically based but they're very um, self-help based. So this is what okay. you should do to be better mental health and stuff like that. And we're, 
more layman uh, entertainment base to try and help destigmatize and education. So this is enough of the self-aggrandizing stuff and why we're doing this. But the reason I bring it up is because this segment is on the stigma stuff. And and so we found some research to uh, give an idea of where mental health has gone in the last 20 years, uh, specifically for some minorities and specifically for stigma. Now, this is not the entire world of stigma research or mental health research. Clearly, you could do five hours on that. So here's what we found. There was a study conducted, and this was published in JAMA Network Open. This study was published in 2021 on stigma over the last 30 years or so. It's a survey. It was done on about 4,000 individuals of about half of those were women. And the mean age of them was about middle age, so about 45 years. And what they found was that People thought that in the later periods, excuse me, in the earlier periods of the study, so between 96 and 2006, people thought that schizophrenia, depression, and alcohol were more attributed to scientific reasons. Those, so like genetics, for instance, that increased over time. In the later periods, people wanted to, in the later periods, I mean, 2006 to 2018, which is the distance, the length of time that the study was, because the study was from 1996 to the later periods of the study from 2006 to 2018, the desire for distancing from people, for instance, from work that had depression, they wanted to distance from those people had increased. They also thought that people with schizophrenia were more dangerous. These are stigmatizing type of uh, ideas. They also thought that people with alcoholism, that that was due to uh, bad character. And that's a a change because in the earlier periods, they attributed alcoholism to more scientific uh, uh, things like uh, like it was a disease, Mm -hmm. whereas now they're, they're attributing it to more to bad character. So stigma has shifted towards, I would say, the negative in the last 20 years or so, uh, according to this one particular study. Uh, Does that mean that all stigma is this way? No, not necessarily. But I think with the advent of social media and the negativity in social media, I think we can anecdotally see it sort of shifting in that direction. Certain things. Again, anecdotally, we can see have gotten better. More people are seeking treatment, especially in athletics. It's seen that mental health is more of a priority, but I think it's for certain problems, depression, anxiety, but other things it's seen as more negative. Yeah. So that was going to be my my take. I mean, whenever I see stigma, I also associated with services, meaning, you know, if the stigma is still very prevalent, then the services that a country or um, a government would put forward or, you know, people would, would really care about it and put money into it would be very low, right? People don't really care about it. There's a stigma. Nobody's talking about it. But like I mentioned, nowadays we have the impression, at least with, with social media, at least with 
um, news being readily available to everyone now on the phone at their hands, we have the impression that mental health in the past maybe five to 10 years have been something that's been forefront into the, you know, the day-to-day -day discussion in the world, right? Um, because people with name, people with, with notoriety have been talking about their own mental health. So make, make, making step towards eliminating stigma, right? That being said, I don't think that's a reality for everyone. Like I mentioned, there's there's gotta be there's there is actually differences in minorities and and some you know groups in the society that does not really feel like mental health has been um, you know being talked about for them or improving for them. Um, you mentioned that mostly it's for non-serious illnesses like anxiety, depression. That's great, but. Well, there's a group of of condition that we call SMI, serious mental illness, that's still very much so, pretty much stigmatized now. And anecdotally, I don't have the studies in my head right now, but I've read, and I'm sure you you have too. I've read a bunch of studies, you know, this year, last year, um, stating in a sense that black people, for example, are more prone to receive a diagnosis of schizophrenia than other other um, ethnicity, and that changed entirely your life. Because next time you go to the hospital, somebody open your chart, the first thing they'll see, they'll see a diagnosis of schizophrenia or diagnosis of substance-induced psychosis. And that in itself create a whole different um, presumption from the providers, either unconscious or conscientious. Uh, or conscious. There's one article I've, I've seen, though, that I, I wanted to bring forward. Um, because that also not only it's an ethnicity, but it's also a, a different group of people in, in you know in the world. It's women. So this study actually was done in Michigan, and he focuses on people that have been that that, that are using Medicaid, right? Assuming that people that are lower such um, social status, right? And they they mostly use questionnaire to. Uh, see if there was any anxiety or depression, for example, and they they grouped them as postpartum mood and anxiety disorders (PMAD). And what they found out essentially that was a four year four year long study um, from 2012 2015 in Michigan. And basically, what they found out after the questionnaire is that among close to 25,000 deliveries, 19.8 percent of the respondents that had symptoms of post postpartum mood anxiety disorders, you know, were diagnosed between the delivery and three months. Among the white respondents, there was no confounding factors um, with depression anxiety. However, they, the white group had more diagnoses of mood disorders after postpartum compared to the black group that definitely had more social cycle issues and more comorbidities, meaning poverty, lack of access to care, um, lack of access for education. And however, they had lower incidence of diagnosis of mood and anxiety disorders. So basically what, what it's telling you is that although the black folks, the black women had more reason to be anxious and depressed, they had less number of diagnoses in that study. And maybe it's because they're not being assessed properly. Maybe it's because they're not getting the care that other counterparts are getting. The you know they're not getting the the, the interest from the medical community that other entities are getting. That's just you know speculation. But it's a stat. You know that's that's just data. You interpret as as you see fit. But I think that's what it, that's what it, it looks like. In conclusion, basically what it's saying is that the rate of PMAD, which is postpartum mood and anxiety disorders diagnosis uh, that was received 
by different group of race was lower in general for black people, right? Black respondents were less likely than white respondents to receive a diagnosis. And I'm just gonna finish my point by saying there's a new term that we're trying to push forward in, in psychiatry is what is termed um, cultural competency. You know, people want to have a doctor of psychiatrists who is culturally competent, meaning if I'm black, maybe I'd, I'd rather feel more comfortable seeing a black folk, a black doctor assessing me because, you know, there might be unconscious biases. There might be blind spot that people say, I grew up as a black person. I may have grew up in a different America than, than a white person I have grew up in, right? And I don't, that's not to say that white doctor is not good. It's just saying the fact that the white doctor might not be not going to be exposed to what the Black experience has been. Therefore, the assessment of the bl Black patient by a white doctor might not be as accurate. doesn't mean a white doctor is bad. It just means that the cultural competency might not be as best as it could be. And the same thing about the Hispanic population. Why, why would it be you know, better for a, for a, a Spanish-speaking uh, patient be seen by a Spanish-speaking psychiatrist? Right? So... We have to tailor our approach to our population that we serve. That's basically what it means. Um, making sure that people feel represented, making sure that the the medical community attracts Black people, attracts Hispanic people, and make sure that, that those people are a place where they can best serve their communities. Yeah, this is not this is not a new thing. I was when I was a resident, we were taught this too that it's more likely for a Black patient to get the diagnosis of schizophrenia than bipolar disorder. Right. So it's exactly what you're talking about. And I found a study that shows similar biases towards Hispanic population with, res with respect to services. 2022, and these findings were in between 2014 and 2019. And I don't think I need to go through what was going on that period in the country um, at that time, but you guys can figure that out. Um, so basically what it said was that the Hispanic population in that period of time was going up and it went up in every state, either marginally with a small increase or a large increase in every state in the country, including Hawaii and Alaska. However, mental health facilities or services went down in every state except five. Five states had marginal increases in facilities offering Spanish language services, Delaware, Maryland, Montana, Nebraska, and New Mexico. And if I had to give you 10 guesses as to which states would have an increase in Spanish language facilities while also having an increase in Spanish populations, I think you could have guessed 10 states and not one of the 10 that you would have guessed would have been one of those 10. Maybe New Mexico, but not Delaware, Maryland, Montana, or Nebraska would have been on those 10 lists. Uh, and I could have given you another 10 guesses as to which state would have a notable uptake in Spanish language services. There's only one, and Hawaii would not have been one of those 10. Okay. So that gives you an idea of where we are in the country with minorities and mental health services. That's not to say that uh, mental health services are fantastic for, you know, white people either, because they're they're really not. Right. I mean, I I would say 
it's improving. Okay, it's improving. It's it's better it is now than it was fifty years ago. But that doesn't mean it's perfect. Like you said, that doesn't mean that it cannot get better. As a matter of fact, it should continue to improve to get to a point like we say it's fair to for everyone, every ethnicity, every age group, every race, every gender. Right. So that's what we call equity in you know in 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 medical care. You know, so there's work to be done. Mental health tip of the daytime. Day full of hiccups? Need a shake up? Listen up. It's the Psych Effect Podcast Mental Health Tip of the Day. Your mental health tip of the day on our anniversary show brought to you by nobody. <laughs> still, after still, one we stay, year. We stay consistent. <laughs> Staying consistent after one year. The love is there, but the sponsor is not. <laughs> this this mental health tip of the day is going to go out to um, all the kids out there. And especially one that lives in my house. Um, and I noticed this yesterday, actually, when I was at their tournament. Uh, their baseball tournament. And I saw a lot of negativity. Uh, before the games and the mental health tip is negativity is going to hurt your performance in sports and there's no reason for it if you're going into a game with a negative attitude whether it's towards your performance or towards the idea that there's no chance for you to win because the other team's too good or because you're just not good enough it's going to negatively impact the way you play. Even if you maybe aren't good enough or the other team is just really good. Even if you are good enough and the other team is just better. If you think that, you're going to perform below your own expectations, even if you are good. So there's no point in thinking that way. You need to go in with the idea that you are going to win. And that you're good enough to win. And I'll give you the opposite point that I'm going to that I'm making right now. I have another child who plays soccer, and they went in to play the they were playing their playoff game yesterday against the number one seed in their playoffs, who they had never beaten this entire season, and the number one seed had not lost an entire game all season, and they won their game because they believe they could win, okay? They won in penalty kicks, all right? So I've got one child that went in with a negative attitude and they lost on a walk-off in the bottom of their final inning. And I got another child that went in with an entire belief and they were playing ill and down and they went in against the number one seed who had not lost all year and just beat them like four to one, like not a week ago. All right, and they won. So I mean, negativity it, really impacts sport. Yeah, and then and then you know the other side of the coin, like it's like we say in real life, positive thinking really works. Yes. You know, always think positively because you know if you if you always start your, your day being negative, then the chances that you're gonna have a good day is pretty slim, right? But if you wake up and you think positive that the day's gonna be good, that you're gonna put your best foot forward, then 
you're probably gonna have a better day than you would have otherwise. So in terms of performance, in terms of the way you feel, your, your fulfillment and stuff like that. So always um, try to keep a positive mindset and you know into your work and into what you do in life. And, and I'm gonna add an even better science-based thing to this uh, in something outside of sports. There is significant research to suggest that people that go in who have cancer, who have a, I'm going to beat this mindset, decrease their cortisol level. Cortisol is a stress hormone. And when you have more of it coursing through you when it comes to cancer treatment, you are more or you're less likely to do well during cancer treatment. In other words, said another way, if you're more positive that you are going to beat cancer, you will stress yourself less and you are more likely to do better during that treatment. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. positivity matters. Positive thinking matters. It's also the same in mental health. Okay. If you're constantly negative, constantly thinking negative, you are going to feel worse. Okay. Um, again, this is the time I wish I had Suzanne here to help us with the therapy part, even though she doesn't do therapy and has constantly reminded us of that. But it's also that way in therapy. So positive thinking matters. Yeah. Um, so Simply that put, is our... You get, uh, <laughs> you get out what you put in. That's, that's the way it is. That's right. That's right. That is our anniversary show. We hope you enjoyed it. We've got a lot of good things coming up. The next three shows, we're going to have guests coming up at all different facets. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, leave reviews. Please let us know what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. Either yeah. Way. Ask us, propose us for topics. We'll talk to them. We'll discuss them. Um, share. Do whatever you want, but be part of the discussion. Okay. And we'll see you in the next one. Okay. All right. All right. The previous podcast is for general informational purposes only and represented the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick. Dr. Stefan de Graff, Dr. Suzanne Mignon, and the guests. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services and should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements and no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.